630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. So the Oilers back at practice, most of them. McClellan gave the day off to some high minutes, guys. Toby Reeder out for a month with an upper body injury. Patrick Russell has been called up from the farm. End of the first quarter, Thursday night football, Green Bay leading Seattle 14-3. NHL tonight, Islanders up 5-3 on the Rangers. They are going to the third. Devils up 1-0 on the Flyers. That's early in the third period. Lightning lead the Penguins 4-3, start of the third period. Early third, 3-3 between the Panthers and the Blue Jackets. Senators up 2-1 on Detroit halfway through the game. And after the first, Minnesota 2, Vancouver nothing. Still to come, Canadians at Flames, Predators at Coyotes, Maple Leafs at Sharks, Oilers, Flames, Saturday night on 6.30. Ched, face-off show at 6.30. The game will start at 8. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. And I'm pleased to be joined in studio by Kenny Stafford, receiver for your Edmonton Eskimos. Hi, Kenny. What's going on? How you doing? Thanks for having me. It's nice to see you. I yes. wish we were doing an interview about you guys the going playoff. into the West Final. Yes. Uh, yes. But obviously, uh, the season happened as it happened. Have you... Uh, I'm not sure how to work. Let me just have you dealt with the disappointment of this season yet, or are you still getting through it? Uh, the season's still going on, so you still like analyzing every game as you were playing and seeing like what. So yeah, no, I'm still still progress like digressing from the season, still going through it, still watching. I mean, there's four good teams still left in it, still some good football left. I'm still a football fan, so just watching it. Like you said, I want to get into radio and broadcasting, so I just watch what's going on, try to pick up some tips from radio analysts and stuff like that, and uh, try to get the other side of football instead of thinking about we should be there. I, I know you've you've done you did all the exit interviews. I, I don't want to pick it over too much, but I have you here, so I, so I want to ask you just a, a couple quick ones, and okay. I, I think fans are interested in your take on it as well because you were a big part of the team. Okay. Um, you know, nine and nine, poor road record. Some games slipped away in the second half. What bugs you the most about the shortcomings, I guess, that led to a missed playoff? The, the our inconsistency. Yeah, we were very inconsistent. We rode the wave. Like when we were high, we were high. When we were low, we were low. We couldn't break that. Like just, just playing on a steady just steady playing like no matter what good or bad nothing rocks us nothing rocks our boat and we just don't let what's going on continue to go on so uh just how inconsistent we were as a whole that that's like my main like because if you look at it we're three plays if three plays go our way we're a 12 win ball club like we win we have 12 wins instead of nine and nine we're we're 12 and six you know we could be 13 you know we could have been 13 and five when you look at it I th- I think the only losses we really really took was the Hamilton game at home yeah. our first game yeah. we, I think we got 
we got it handed to us. And then the Winnipeg game at home, the second go around. I think those were the only two games where you'd be like, okay, like that team got beat. But every other game, if one play goes our way, we win the ball game. And we're talking about us in Calgary in the West Final. All right. Kenny Stafford from the Eskimos joining us in studio inside sports on 630 Chet. Did you, did you sit and watch? Did you sit and watch the division semifinals? Can you yes. invest and Yes, I watched I watched the Hamilton and uh BC game and Hamilton came out on fire. I didn't think Hamilton would I know Hamilton playing at home, the home field advantage, defense is playing really good. Uh, Masoli's been playing out of this world this whole year, but he's been down his weapons. So, like, everybody was thinking, like, all right, how is he going to handle that? But they had a guy in the waiting, and I forget his name, but he's that was the second game playing, right, yeah. and he went absolute crazy. He stepped up, stepped in, made plays. Tasker was still to make plays. The run game was working. And then their, Hamilton's defense didn't let BC breathe. Like, from the time Lule got on the field, it seemed like they were flushing him, getting off his spot, making him not as comfortable as he wanted to be. He didn't look as comfortable. He didn't look like the same Travis Lule as throughout the whole season, the last, like, six games they were playing. So uh, that was I was like, okay, man, we got we got a uh, we that's I I could say like that could have been us definitely in the playoff right. run. I think they would have been a better game for sure. But that's me being biased. I well, think, you're allowed to be. You yeah. play for a team. <laughs> so, I hope you think that you're yeah, good. Yeah. So I, I I really thought we should have been in that spot. And so okay, so tell me about the experience of playing in a game that gets out of hand, either for or against. I mean, if it's for, do you just feel? you know, invincible or do you just feel the other team is rattled? And when you're losing that bad, do you get a little rattled? Uh, I honestly, that's a good question. So let's say I'm on the receiving end. If you're on the receiving end of things just not going well, the only thing you can do is still continue to play hard because at the end of the day, this is your resume. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. So no matter if you're getting beat by 50 or you win by 50, your game shouldn't change. So staying focused, still staying in the game, because a lot of people tend to like let their mind slip. That's how people get hurt. That's how you know you you're vulnerable to certain situations. So just stay in it, stay together. Don't let any frustrations get out of hand. Talk to each other. You know, just know like, man, this is one game. Like, all right, we, all right, we gotta come back next week. We gotta go to work. Like, we we know what we need to correct. Like, we can't put bad stuff out on film. So that that's just a, it's like a reflection looking yourself in the mirror when it's happening to you. But when you're, like, you feel it, like, when you're when you're giving it to someone else. Uh, like, you, you're like, all right, man, like, one, this one play is going to take their soul. Like, you, you can tell. Like, you could <laughs> there's, tell. There's the like, quote from Kenny Stafford. Like, you could tell. You could tell, like, the, like, they're like you're taking the last breath out of them so it's it's honestly like uh that's a good feeling because you know you you work so hard you work so hard you work to have perfect plays you work to design a game plan that's going to be successful and when you're able to go out there and have a successful game plan and something that you worked hard for it's the best feeling ever all right, so then you also watched uh, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, clearly a, yes. a, a lot a lot closer game. Yeah. What, what, okay, what was the story for you in, in that game? Because I, I said, and I referenced this all the time, and I hope people forgive me, I have a couple really good friends who cheer for the Riders. Okay. And I said, man, like Andrew Harris just ran over you guys. And they said, no, 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 Saskatchewan lost because 
were so poorly coached offensively. They said that was the story for them. Uh, there was a tale of two stories. So Brandon Bid Brandon Bridge was the X factor. Now we've seen Brandon Bridge come in in a playoff game, playoff setting last year, come in off the bench cold and have much success. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's streaky. He's like a streaky shooter. Like if he gets hot, he gets hot, and he's making throws. You're just like, how is he doing it? And he's mobile. I don't. Uh, he's a mobile quarterback, so that was one of the X factors. It was Saskatchewan's defense, whether they be able to control the run and the pass. Like you know, with Winnipeg, Winnipeg has a very balanced offense. Like you got Darvin Adams, you got Weston Dressler, you got Kimbrell Tompkins, you got uh, Nip. Dembski, who was an X factor on their team too, as their receivers, and then you got Andrew Harris, who everybody knows about in the running game, and then I don't think people give enough credit to Matt Nichols uh, in the league. I mean, he's really good, and he's proven how good he can be, even in playoff settings and big time settings. He's made big time throws, so that was a big game for him to establish himself as he already is a great quarterback. So that was the tale of the games for me. Like, what, what, how are our was Saskatchewan going to step up to the offense? How was Brandon Bridge going to play? Those were the two the two main factors for me. All right, so you had Chris Jones as a coach. Yes. I mean, you made a huge play in the Great Cup telling him to throw the challenge flag mm-hmm. when Walker got interfered with. Yes. So I got to ask this. Does like Chris Jones, does he like pay any attention to the offense? Do you like know, yeah. your, know your names? Or? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no. No, that's it. This is the crazy thing. Chris Jones is probably... One of the one of the coaches that prepares you like crazy. Like I'm talking about from he'll get the referee crew in the beginning of the week and he'll have their percentages on what flags they'll throw. So hey lineman, this this ref likes to throw holding penalties or hey D line, this ref leads the league in roughing the passer calls. Like so you're like you're you're prepared. So yeah, he prays he pays a lot of attention to the defense. He's a defensive guy. Uh-huh. But yes, he does know what the offense is doing and knows what the route combinations are and all that. Yes, he is he is a very he likes his hands on everything, especially I mean he, he does a good job over there. I mean That's interesting about the refs. And obviously I was being a little sarcastic oh, with yeah, my question, sure. but yeah, no. but, that, but but he is known for paying so much attention oh, to yeah, the defense. And for a while this season, the defense and special teams on Saskatchewan had scored almost as many touchdowns as the offense, right? And so that's unheard of. Yeah, they're that's unheard of. They're almost as much they were for a while almost as much a threat to score when they didn't have the ball oh, yeah. as when they did. But we all know Chris Jones is a defense. A guy like he that that's why he trusts Coach McAdoo so much. Like him and him and Coach Mack are so close, so he trusts that Mack knows what he's doing, so he can not pay so much attention to the offense and pay attention to the defense. Right. Okay. Kenny Stafford joining us uh, in studio inside sports on six thirty. Chad, looking ahead here, you got Hamilton, Ottawa. Yes. Uh, now I know you know you only. You, didn't play the East teams as much. I guess you placed Ottawa fairly late in the season. Yeah, we played uh, Ottawa. You, yeah, that was a great game against Ottawa yeah. when you guys won at home. That might have been one of your best games of the year. Yeah. Is do you who do you favor in this one? It means Ottawa's at home and Hamilton still has some of the injuries that they had last week, though as you mentioned they overcame them. But how do you yeah. look at the East final? Ooh, the East final. Um I like Ottawa. Like I like I like his home field advantage. They play great football at home. I really like Powell as I, a running back. I, I like Powell. They got Spencer. They got Ellingson. They got uh, Sanop. 
Trevor Harris is playing good football. Their defense is coming together. They got some new pieces on defense with uh, Chris Ackey. If Pruno is playing that solidifies their back end, they'll be able to put some of their guys back in their spots. Uh, yeah, I like I like Ottawa. I mean, Hamilton Hamilton's going to put up a great fight, but I I like uh, Ottawa's offense, to be completely honest. All right, uh, Winnipeg's going into Calgary. I mean, Calgary didn't finish the season great. They're, I mean, their receivers, they, they lost almost everybody. Yes. Um, but, like, I, part of me feels like, well, wait a minute, is this the year? Because last two years, it's like, oh, Calgary's going to roll, and then they lose. Now, is this the year no one's thinking Calgary's that dangerous? Is this the year they somehow put it together, or is Winnipeg too sharp right now? Winnipeg is playing the best football in the league right now, to be completely honest. Both sides of the ball, offense, defense, special teams. Mm-hmm. playing really good football. They're playing together. You can tell. You can look on the sideline. Like It seems like nothing's going to get in their way. Now, this is still the Calgary Stampeders. They're playing at home. They have the they had the first round bye for a reason, even with the injuries. Uh, they were able to get some pieces back over the bye week, too. I was reading on Twitter, uh, Marky Michelle is practicing. They got uh, DeVars Daniels back in the lineup. Uh, yep. You still got veteran guys, Bakari Grants over there. You never know they'll put him in the lineup. Uh, you got... Um, who else is over there? Uh, the Chris Matthews. Yeah. Who's having? Who's coming into his own? Him and Bo are starting to have a connection. So, in you know, the football game is probably sixty to seventy plays. Seven of those plays make up a football game. So you never know when those plays are going to be. So you still thinking Calgary's going to win this one? If you, if I if I had to, to it. if I if I'm not going to hold me to it because I I like Winnipeg. <laughs> I like Winnipeg. Like I I'll be on the air and I'll take Winnipeg. So I'll take okay. Winnipeg in the West final and I'll take uh, Ottawa, in, Ottawa. The, in the East. Kenny, we got a special guest in studio, Sean, who was the uh, Edmonton Sun at Coach Charity Auction Inside Sports Experience High Bidder. He's going to ask you a couple questions when we get back. No problem. Open book. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, well, there's a voice Kenny Stafford knows well. Quarterback Mike Riley. Reed Wilkins in studio with Kenny Stafford and our special guest tonight who bid on the experience to watch a radio show. We'll just leave that there. It's a loyal 630 Ched listener, Sean Iwashko. Sean, thanks for coming in tonight. And, and in all seriousness, thank you for your bid. Thank you for helping out the Edmonton Sun Atco uh, charity auction. Really appreciate it. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. First time on the radio? Yeah, very first time. Oh my goodness! Well, you got to call in sometime. Now that we, we you know what I look like, and I'm, you know I'm not that scary. A <laughs> uh, long time Edmontonian, your whole life? Yeah, I've been here my whole life. Yes. All right, we uh, we'll date you a little bit. Are you uh, old enough to remember the Eskimos winning five Grey Cups in a row? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. So we get an approximate yeah. age out of that. So you're thrilled to meet Kenny, um, and you're old. And then obviously. And I should say, like me, old enough to remember when 630 Ched played rock and roll music. Yes, I was here for that, too. <laughs> and you got to meet Eileen Bell today. Yes. Yes. Not Brian Hall, though. Halsey was not here. No. You have to come back at 4 a.m. Yeah. We're, we're not going to bother doing that. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the, next year's package. Yeah, yeah. next year. Next mornings year. with Halsey's. Morning. Morning, morning four, with Halsey. 4 a.m. 
All right, so Sean, I'll let you be the, the sports reporter here for a second. We got a pro football wide receiver in studio. What would you like to ask Kenny? Yes. Yeah, Kenny, I was just wondering when, um, when you were deciding whether or not you wanted to be a pro football player, was there okay. any particular um, sport athlete that you modeled yourself after? Whoa. Um, hmm. Kind of always football runs in my family, so I kind of was like at five years old. I was told my told my mom was gonna be in the NFL. So, uh, who I would model like my game after? Uh, well, first would be my uncle. My uncle's Chris Carter. So, being him, seeing him, uh, I try to model my game how consistent he was. He was very a very consistent receiver. Yes, he was. So uh, I try to model like that, but I also liked. Uh, Randy Moss. I like Deion Sanders uh, growing up. Michael Vick. Um, those type of players. Uh, in high school, it was Ted Ginn because I was, grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and he was at Ohio State. So I was able to see. Like, that was my next step was from going from high school to college. So I was able to see someone who I thought was, you know, who I could model my game after, who was I was similar to. So I had a... Uh, definitely a, a lot of athletes that I looked up to growing up. Um, so, yeah, it was a bunch. It was a bunch. It was a good question. Mm. And have you always uh, wanted to be a receiver, or did you think about maybe Oh, okay. Positions? So my <laughs> first position ever in football, I played right guard. I played on the O-line, yes. And Not a lot then, of fun, was it? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I hated it, and then I was always complaining, like, telling my mom, like, I want to run the ball, I want to run the ball. So then I spent a year playing O-line and D-line, and then we switched leagues, and then uh, I played running back and cornerback, played a little defense, and then went to quarterback, then uh, about fifth, sixth grade, I played receiver and didn't look back. I was like, yeah, this is my position. So growing up, I played on multiple positions. But since it's been official, I've been a receiver since I was in the sixth grade, and I haven't looked back and never plan on looking back. Uh, uh, are, you gonna, are you around next week for Grey Cup? Yes, I should be for sure. Okay. Uh, I got to talk to, I think I have a 10-year high school reunion Oh my goodness. So I got to see when that date falls. I got to double check. So hopefully I definitely will be here because it will be a great time to be around here for the Grey Cup and uh, see all the fans, see all see all the people, all the festivities. I wish we would be playing in it because it would have been great. You know, I've had the experience of playing in a Grey Cup and it would have been amazing to get ready in your locker room in your city and and bring a championship home. So, I mean, we are sorry, the city. Uh, we apologize, but there's room for improvement, and then you always got next year. So, Sean, great questions. You're sticking around. Kenny, thank you so much for coming in. I'm sure I'll see you next week. Also, listeners, I got a specific ask you guys. If you guys know any college or high school quarterbacks in the area, I need a quarterback to throw to me while I stay here in the off season. Oh, that's so right. Okay, you can get it. You uh, can reach me on my Instagram or my uh, Twitter. Was it K Staff 07? K Staff 07. I tweeted it out earlier. Yeah, yes, you, you know. So any quarterbacks, you know, that want to work with a pro receiver, please help me. I need your help. There we go. That is Kenny Stafford from your Edmonton Eskimos Inside Sports on Chet.
This is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Hey, good to have you tuning in tonight. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or FurnaceFamily.com. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. It is now 5-1. The Wild leading the Canucks late in the second period. Montreal up 1-0 on Calgary in the first. Coyotes up 1-0 on the Predators in the first period. After two, Senators lead the Wings 2-1. In the third, Blue Jackets pounding the Panthers 7-3. Lightning up 4-3 on the Penguins. Devils up 2-0 on the Flyers. And the Islanders lead the Rangers 6-4. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. It is a special night. Shawnee Washko is here. He is the high bidder from the Edmonton Sun Atco Charity Auction to come uh, sit in on an edition of Inside Sports and eat royal pizza, which we did very well tonight. Still some pieces uh, left, which we may save for the night crew, just because we're nice guys and we're stuffed. And special guests. Oh, uh, Seahawks lead the Packers 17-14, by the way. Three minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, and uh, we had Kenny Stafford in studio. We had Kerry Joseph on the phone. You've heard all the latest from the Oilers. Toby Reeder is going to be out a month with an upper body injury. Patrick Russell called up from the farm. And I'm uh, pleased to be joined by washed-up curler. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> former Olympic champion. <laughs> I knew you were going to Mark do that. Kennedy. Well, I, I couldn't help myself. I've been interviewing you far too long now. We're far too comfortable with each other. Yeah, I never thought I'd get back on the show now that I don't play, but thanks <laughs> for having that's me right. in. Yeah. Uh, by the way, thanks for bringing your medal by. Oh, you're welcome. 2010, in all seriousness. Well, that's good. Classy touch, and I know Sean was, was thrilled to get a look at well, it. Well, good for Sean for uh, donating that money, and uh, good for you for giving him a the full-on experience. So I was happy to bring the medal and show it to him. And he says his mom and dad are pretty big curling fans, so it's pretty cool. Awesome stuff. Uh, where do you usually keep the medal, dare I ask? You don't just wear it around the house. No, no. So uh, <laughs> here's the story. If they, they tell you not to display it, because if it ever gets stolen, they don't replace it. Right. Uh, the only way they replace it is if you can send it back in pieces. If it's broken, okay. they might replace it. So I keep mine in a safe at home. Okay. Um, funny story, though. I've kept mine in a sock for a long time. Now I have a Crown Royal bag. That's what I keep it in because the cases that we were that we got when we won was this beautiful velvet case with um, with a scarf, and we put all of ours together as a team in a box uh, on the plane home from Vancouver. And when we got home to Edmonton, we never saw that box. So none of us ever got the case really? that the medal is supposed to be in. We. We made a few phone calls and called uh, Canadian Olympic Committee and everything, and none of us ever got that case back. So Weird. Yeah. But you were wearing the medals on the plane. Of course. Yeah, yeah we had the medals with you us. You wanted to yeah, wear that thankfully. as much as possible when yeah. you first got it. That's right. So the box is just weird, man. Yeah, like, so never got it, never got the case. So yeah, uh, in a sock for seven years and in a Crown Royal bag for the last six months. How often does somebody say, uh, I mean, it was it's awesome you brought it tonight, but... You know, our buddies or maybe casual acquaintances, if they're over the house, do they ever like, oh, can, can I? I hate to ask, but did you get oh, any of that? You're pretending I have friends that come over <laughs> to my house. <laughs> no, uh, you know what? It's a cool thing once in a while. Like, we live in a new, new neighborhood, so we have some new people moving in, and I get a chance to show them the medal, and, you know, it's a good icebreaker. Um, yeah, I, not bad, eh? No, it is. Well, what good. do you want to talk about, yeah. Mark? Well, let me show well, you this. Well, a few years ago, I went to this curling bond spiel. <laughs> I usually started off with, well, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that always draws people. Yeah, in. you got it. You got it. Uh, well, that's that, that's pretty cool though. And it's uh, it, and you know what? It's 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 actually large. This is probably gonna sound stupid. It's larger than I thought it would be. No, it's big. Uh, funny when you we watch. I mean, I watched the Olympics my whole life, and even in Vancouver, we got to see some of our Canadian athletes receive their medals on TV. You know, Alex Bilodeau wins the first one, and you see these medals, and you're like, wow, those are nice. Yeah. And then you're on the podium, and it was Dick Pound that actually gave us our medals. And, uh, you know, when you see it, you're like, oh, wow, I had no idea. I had no idea it was that big. Yeah. And then they put it, he put it around our necks, and it's one and a half pounds. Okay. So it's, you're like, wow, this <laughs> isn't amazing. the participation medal I got in, in junior <laughs> it's high. Not a this ribbon. is real. Imagine that. Yeah. No, Imagine so that. The IOC still has enough money. <laughs> <laughs> to make nice medals. Shocker, eh? We'll see if they still do in a few years because it seems like nobody wants to host the Olympics, which I do want to talk to you about as we move along. Okay. But, um, so you're not curling this year? Nope, nope, taking some time off. How yep. does it feel? Can you, uh, can you bear it? Yeah, 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 I am back involved though. I'm doing some coaching. Uh, I was away from the game completely for about five months and I found it tough. Yeah. You know, uh, not so much the competitive curling. I don't need to be out there competing, but I just needed to be around. It's such a great community of people that that's what I missed. And I still love the game. So I found myself, you know, I find myself even now watching it and seeing what teams are doing. And I just, yeah, it's it's a big part of my life. Yeah. Well, who are you coaching? I'm with the, I'm with Curl Canada as a national team consultant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anybody that's a part of the national team program can use me for consults to come in and coach. So uh, spend some time with some good Alberta teams and um, you know the majority of them are women's teams. Um, and then also some of the next generation teams. So some of the young, young players that we're trying to develop. And yeah, I have a lot to give and I, I like to pass on my experience. So do you, I'm enjoying do you, it. Do you have to be... Uh, a different coach? Do you have to have a different style with the people who are already as, at an elite level as opposed to maybe if you're working with more grassroots people or are you just kind of yeah, no, same lessons, different language? How a, does it work? That's a good question. I think it's something I'm still trying to learn. Uh, I think the elite players think the game differently, so you have to approach it with a little more, um, you know, how do I do this in a way that they'll listen and yeah, you got to maneuver around it because they're already so good. Right. And you don't want to make these big monumental changes to their game because they might only be one small thing away from, from winning championships. Um, whereas with the younger people, it's a little bit more about development and kind of teaching the, the bigger ticket items. So if, if you were wanted to, if you were working with someone relatively new to curling, and I guess that could also Im- apply to any age, I suppose. Yeah. Let's say you're working with kids, you, kids, me, yeah. who, who've, <laughs> I've curled sparingly and poorly in my life. Hey, you're going to love this. I'm actually a better golfer than curler, which shows you what a bad curler I must be. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> good runner, though. Don't sell yourself I, well, I short. Make, you're a I good can runner. make the finish line. Yeah, <laughs> a half marathon. I can. By the way, here's a little aside for you, Mark. You're going to appreciate this. Okay. I still think. It shouldn't be a marathon and a half marathon because a marathon is pretty, the half marathon is pretty difficult in itself. It shouldn't have the qualifying word at the front. It should be its own thing. Like a half marathon needs a name. Yeah. That's not half of anything. Yeah. It, it should be a full thing. I've, and then a marathon should be called the double whatever. It should be like a marathon and a double marathon, not a marathon and a half marathon. Because half marathons are pretty hard. You've thought about this. Yes, I have. Why not keep the marathon the marathon and give the half marathon a completely different name? Right, like the Quigley or something. The, okay. Maybe a better sure. name than that. 
No, you might be onto something. Uh, how you got a little bit of free time on your hands, eh? Well, <laughs> in broadcasting, we're encouraged to think freely. That's good. <laughs> but how, be... many, how many half marathons have you done? Ooh, good question. I've only done two. I've done any, two half marathons. Any fulls? No, no, it's, it's, they're hard, man. They're, they're, they're tough on the legs. Yeah, Half's they're extremely enough. hard. I'm still yeah. in pain from one I did five years ago. Oh, I bet you are. Yeah, you know what, though? We've used running, and Nicole and I both run, but um, our daughters run now, too. So our 10-year-old runs. She ran her first 10K this year. She's run a bunch oh, of awesome. 5Ks. It's, a, it's again, a great running. community of people, and, um, yeah, so good for health and active lifestyle. We've loved it. Okay, so you're teaching something to curl. I, yeah, I, I sorry, back to the, the original, original question. question. I almost forgot it. So do you focus on the the release, the slide, the delivery? Do you work in any strategy right away? Or is the first thing where it's like, we got to make sure you're getting the rock down the ice approximately where you want it to go? Yeah, most uh, most people, you, when they ask that question, you would compare it to uh, the golf swing. You know, if you were teaching somebody to golf for the very first time, you would basically just show them how to swing a golf club and, and try to avoid bad habits and try to make it as simple as possible. So our focus with new curlers is, first of all, is actually balance. Make sure you can stand oh, up right. on the ice, get comfortable going back and forth a few times, get used to what it feels like to be sliding on Teflon. Um, and then, yeah, once you get through the basics of what the hack is and what the house is and how to score points, then it's about just learning how to throw the rock. So to some people, because curling is... You know, it's a, it's a you watch it and it, it looks simple, but it's quite complicated. And you know, you and I have talked about yeah. the mental side of it, and you got to know five, six shots ahead sometimes. What if? What if? What if? What if? Yeah. Do does some like do some people just have that? Like, have you ever worked with someone new and it's like, oh, they're they're kind of they kind of see things better than others, or do you just have to play hundreds of games before that really sinks in? You have to play lots. Um, but there are young people that, uh, you know, uh, that's a tough question. But when I've worked with young kids that have, uh, you know, that enjoy enjoy physics or enjoy angles or right. enjoy math, yeah. they seem to have a good idea of what's going on in the house with rocks and how they're going to make contact and roll. And, and they, they just have a sense for that right off the bat. Yeah. And I find that interesting. Whereas some kids will go out there and they have no clue. Um, so... It is a big stress game or chess game. So kids that uh, like strategy, yeah, they seem to uh, gravitate to it a little quicker than others. Mark Kennedy in studio tonight, Inside Sports on 6-3 Chat. My producer, Dave Campbell, who you know, mm-hmm. and he's a bigger curling guy than I am. He is, yeah. Uh, he put on our lineup here, Olympic gold medalist. We've dealt with that three-time Briar champion. Did he nail that? Yep. And uh, world champion curler, but he didn't put how many times? Two times. Oh, Two time. You should know that. Really. Gonna have to talk to Dave tomorrow. <laughs> Two time world champion. Update those notes. <laughs> <laughs> Update those notes. I'll go on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so the Olympics. I gotta get your opinion on this. So Calgary says we don't want them. Yep. Uh, Stockholm has kind of more or less said the same thing. Well, um, the the Coles notes is most cities who have hosted the Olympics since 1984 basically have not profited as a result. Some really have unprofited (laughs) as a result. I mean, you were there in 2010. Great Canadian experience, uh, great experience, but, I mean, what's the the but? Or or as an athlete, are you like, no, city's got got to buy in and and pay for it and it's it's worth it for the country 
and the people. I mean, I'm just curious your reaction to the Calgary news and yeah. perhaps this shift where a lot of countries and cities are you saying, yeah, you know what, IOC, keep your distance. Yeah, well, it's both sides of the coin. One, as an athlete, I'd love to see the Olympics in Canada again. I don't think you can put a price tag on what the Olympics provides to a community, to what it provides to the youth to be able to see their these athletes on a big stage and and you know for them to have dreams and goals to aspire to seeing the olympics is is huge you can't put a price tag on that but i think what happened in calgary is a message um to the ioc that the olympic model isn't working right um you know cities can't afford as we've seen over the last 30 years what the olympics has done to some of those cities but in saying that, Canada's done it right. You know, Vancouver did it right. Those facilities are still being used. Uh, from my understanding, they turned a profit. Um, so I th- think there was a way to do it the right way. So in my heart of hearts, I'm disappointed mm-hmm. that it didn't work. And I- I'm concerned it was more of a political decision than it was a financial decision. All right. Mark Kennedy is in studio. Of course, Mark and other guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern comfort food to Edmonton, along with other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. Mark, we have uh, Sean in studio. He paid to be here. He's going to get to ask you some questions when we get back. Can't wait. Inside Sports on Chet. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chad. Fun show tonight. If you missed anything or you want to hear it again, sign up for the Inside Sports Podcast on iTunes or just go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. All the audio is archived. Uh, Curler Mark Kennedy is in studio. His Olympic gold medal from 2010 is here. Shawnee Washko is in studio. Loyal 630Ched listener. Huge Oilers and Eskimos fan. Huge fan of Mark Kennedy. If he, if he wasn't before 25 minutes ago, he better be now. Because oh, yes. he, 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 he got to wear the medal. One fan at a time. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what you're building, Mark. Right. One fan at a time. Uh, so Sean uh, did a very kind thing, and I, I hope a very fun thing for you as well. You got to come in tonight through the uh, Edmonton Sun Atco Charity Auction. You bid on the inside sports experience. Here you are. So you got to ask Kenny Stafford a couple of questions. So now you get to ask uh, Mark Kennedy a couple of questions. Yes, I was. Uh, I was just thinking when. Um, when you're about to take a shot, a very, very important shot, are you more of an ag- ag- aggressive um, shot taker or do you play more of a conservative game, you know, or does it change if the game's on the line? Oh, that's a, that's a technical curling question, yeah. there, Sean. That's a good one. Uh, it depends on your team more than anything. Are you an aggressive team or are you a conservative team? Uh, with a lot of the rule changes in curling over the years, um, we became a much more aggressive team. So aggressive shot makers, aggressive strategy, lots of rocks in play, um, which meant we'd have to be very precise in our shot making. Mm, that's, that's great. That answer it? Oh, that oh, awesome. answered it perfectly. Also, too, uh, for your, any young curlers uh, coming up and learning, uh, what would be some, some advice for them on oh. how to get them over the top? Anybody can really just you know, like uh, learn, the, learn the game, learn the basics, but people that are start to become serious about it, what would it take to get them over the top? 
A few things that they can do. One is is find a good coach, and there's lots out there. Um, find somebody that uh, has that technical experience as well as the competitive experience that can help you out. So that's step one because you can't do it by yourself. Um, and step two is is to watch a lot of curling. You know, this sport has evolved so much in the last 20 years, that uh, and there's so much on TV, you can really pick up a lot of good habits from watching these professional curlers week in and week out. That's a good point, too, about the television coverage. And I mean, I often ask football players about watching film and watching their opponents. I mean, curling's in the same boat now. You got to look for tendencies. You got to look for weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. And as Sean said, from a developing standpoint, you can pick up so much from just watching these guys and what works for you and what wouldn't work for you. And that's where a lot of the a lot of the growth and development is. All right, uh, Mark. While well, we got you here, I know uh, we talk uh, hockey sometimes too. When we when we talk off air, uh, you know the goaltending. I don't know. I don't know if I want to call it a debate because I think it's great. Koskinen's playing well, and I've said numerous times, Camp Talbot's not a scrap heap goalie. But just like you guys can only have one skip throwing the final rock at the end, yeah. there, there's only one goalie. How how do you you know as an athlete? How do you look at what's going on there? Uh, I look at it more so as how the team's playing in front of which goalie right now. And I think uh, the team is scoring what almost over four goals a game right now with Koskinen and Net. I think that's a sign that the team is confident with him in there. I think you ride him um, and, uh, you know, give Talbot the opportunity to keep practicing. And you know he'll be great in the second half of the year when it really matters. So, um, yeah, I think you look at how the team's playing in front of that goalie and you ride that goalie. Are you around for Grey Cup? Um, I am in, I am in Fredericton, New Brunswick at a junior curling clinic. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I'll be... Did they announce the team name for the Maritime football team? Uh, did I miss they that? No, I think they're doing it next week. Oh, I good. I think Schooners is the favorite, though. Okay, and I'll be but in the Maritime. they have a team or a stadium, but they're... they're gonna so be, well, they got to start with the name. They're name it first. <laughs> they're going backwards. <laughs> it's like naming the baby before you're married and pregnant. <laughs> yeah. That's the, I don't know why I thought of that. That's okay. Well, because I'm weird. That's why. <laughs> that's all good. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, thank you for coming. It Thanks, was great Reed. to see you. Sean, thank you for your bid. Thank you for helping the Edmonton Sun Atco auction. It is a pleasure to meet you, and thank you for listening to Inside Sports and 630 Chet. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. This is great. Awesome stuff. Besides, Thanks, besides having Mark and Sean around, you heard from Kenny Stafford of the Eskimos, former CFL quarterback, Kerry Joseph. It was great to catch up with him. Get more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. The headline today, Toby Reader, unfortunately, out for a month with an upper body injury. We'll have the 630Ched MVP on the show tomorrow. We'll preview the CFL division finals and, of course, the latest from Oilers practice. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is the studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.